You're listening to one of the sermons preached from Shalom Baptist Chapel, recorded at one of our worship services. Everyone again, glad to see all of you here, and especially today, new faces in our midst, uh, but and that's what Shalom is all about. We are always excited, and we want to make this to be a church, to be a community for everyone and anyone. You don't have to believe the right things to be part of this family. You don't have to do the right things to be part of this family. In fact, like we said in the last uh, series, that you can be anyone and everyone. Jesus invites everyone and anyone to follow him. You don't have to get your act right. You don't have to get your beliefs straight. But you can start to follow Jesus. And this is a community for all of us to experience the love of Christ that has been lavish for all of us and for any and everyone. So glad that you are here with us this morning on site. And for those of you who are joining online, if you are joining us, even those of us who are here on site, if this is your first time joining us, I hope that this will not be your last time joining us. I'd like to begin today by telling you this. Imagine. Imagine with me. Imagine you. Imagine me. Imagine us. Imagine us becoming individuals that take responsibility to take care, to love, to serve people. People, irrespective of their religious background, beliefs, and so on. And people, especially those who are in need. Imagine, imagine you becoming individuals. Imagine we as a local church. Imagine us becoming a community that would take responsibility to, to love, to care, to serve people. Imagine all of us here, on-site, online, becoming, you know, people that would feel a sense of privilege to serve, to love, and to care for people, everyone and anyone, and especially people who are in need. Well, some of you may think that that's impossible. You may be thinking, oh, well, it's good, but it's too idealistic because I don't think I can ever become someone who would take responsibility, who would take responsibility to love, to care, and to serve people around me, even people, strangers that I don't know, or people who are in need. You may even be, some of you may even be skeptic and say, well, I don't think we as a church, we as a church can become a community, a group of people that would take responsibility, that will feel a sense of kind of like obligation, a sense of privilege 
to love, to take care, and to serve people. But hey, listen, irrespective of what you believe or what you think, isn't it true that we are all drawn to such individuals and group of people? Isn't it true that you and I, we are inspired by individuals or by a group of community that would go all the way, that would take responsibility as if it is their obligation, as if it is part of their duty, as if it is a part of what their life is all about, to go all the way to take care, to love, to serve people, even strangers and people who are in need. To make, it even sound, to make it sound even more impossible, how about this? You and I becoming a group of people, you and I becoming individuals uh, who would take responsibility to love, to care, to serve other people in the midst of difficult times, in the midst where times are difficult, like the world that we live in right now, in a pandemic world. When everyone is thinking about self-preservation, when everyone is thinking about protecting themselves, making sure they survive, making sure their family survives. But believe it or not, there are individuals, there are people, there are group of people, and I tell you, we have to be honest, not just Christians, by the way, but even others, different groups of people with different backgrounds, religious, philosophical ideas, and so on and so forth. But particularly, I would like to mention about the Christians. In the early church period, you must read the New Testament, and you must read the historians who have read, who have written about the Christians in the early church. It is, so, it is just so fascinating. They were individuals, they were a group of people who took responsibility to love, to care, to serve people in the midst of difficult times in the midst of difficult times. It's so fascinating and inspiring because the context or the circumstance they did what they did was unimaginable because it was in the context of intense and may I say, gory persecution, famine, and war. You see, the persecution for the early Christians, they started as early as after, immediately after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. At the start of uh, Stephen being martyred, being stoned to death. But it was not um, up till uh, 64 80 around there when the Roman Empire forged a mass persecution among the Christians. That was the beginning of persecution, intense persecution by the outsiders. Before that, it was more of the insiders among the Jewish religious leaders. They were not happy with this group of people who called themselves Jesus followers. Now, in the second century, there is this guy called Tertullian. He is the son of a Roman centurion. And he is a convert, by the way. And he saw what, what were going on, you know, in terms of the persecution uh, by the Romans to the Christians. And let me just show you one statement that this guy made. And he says something like this. If the Tiber rises too high, 
or the Nile too low, the remedy is always feeding Christians to the lions. Now, of course, the Tiber and the Nile, he's talking about the river. Now, you must understand, during those days, the Romans, they are okay for you to add into the list of gods that you want to worship. That's fine. So they had no problem for the Christians to add on Jesus as another God in their list. Because Romans, they had many gods. And they are perfectly fine that you introduce to them, Jesus is God. That, that's fine. But what was not okay for them is that if you come to say that Jesus is the only God and the rest are not, there you have the problem. And Romans had the problem with the Christians because of that. And so, in a sense, Romans were very religious people in a sense, okay? Because there are many gods, different gods for different aspects of life. And so whenever things go wrong, whenever there is a famine, whenever there's some, uh, uh, you know, uh, social upheaval and so and so forth, they will always look for Christians to blame. Christians were scapegoats at that time. And so they thought that, you know, because of all the famine, remember in Acts, you know, uh, Luke writes about the famine that came about. So the Romans would blame Christians because, oh, because you see, the Christians are not worshipping the other gods. And they are saying that they are the false gods. So they must be the one to be blamed. And so the only remedy for all this famine that is coming around is to feed Christians, to kill Christians as a sacrifice to their gods. So as long as there are Christians around, they will just grab them, throw them, and feed them to the lion, sacrifice on behalf of them to the gods of fertility and prosperity and so on and so forth. So that was the situation. It was intense, it was gory. Now if you don't believe me, uh, for whatever reason, the New Testament doesn't record for us, for you and for me, the persecution that happened in a way that some of the historians mentioned it. So you must go and look for it. Google is your friend. And the, some of the historians, they have already written what it was like, and it was really, really gory. Feeding the lions tearing them apart into pieces, and so on and so forth. Now, that was the context. That was the world that the early Christians were living. And at that time, during such world, during such time, Peter, the apostle Peter, wrote to the Christians that was spread around the Roman Empire. Now, you must understand, because of the persecution, people were just running around, spreading all over the Roman Empire. And they were all scattered. And the Apostle Peter, in the midst of such famine, war, and diseases, persecutions that were going on. And remember, because of the famine, there were tons of disease. Do you know, if you don't trust me, Google is your friend again. Read the histories. Read the, histor the historians written. 5,000 people were dying daily during that time. We talk about pandemic, COVID-19. Well, they have it too. They have it too in different ways, in different form. The world is 
not so much, uh, you know, of a difference, you know, compared to last time. So in the midst of such famine, war, disease, persecution, Peter instructs the Christians to do three things. Peter instructs the Christians that are spread around to do three things. And here's what it is. Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7 to 10, it says, the end of all things is near. And when Peter said the end of all things, it, Peter doesn't necessarily mean that the end of the world is coming. But I would believe that Peter would probably be telling the people who were struggling, who were, persecu who were persecuted, probably Peter was kind of like telling them, all right, the end of your life is coming soon. Your end may be very soon because of this persecution, because of the famine, diseases going around. So the end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. So you see, therefore, be alert. Watch out, right? Watch out and be sober mind so that you can pray. You can, you can pray to God for protection. Which kind of, you know, it's, 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 it's pretty normal, right? Self-preservation because Lives were in danger. Whenever the Romans see the Christians, they would be picked up and they would be put to death or they would be put in the arena for sports where the animals will be there and they will throw and then they will like bat and all those kind of stuff. So during such time, you know, when, when they hear that, so Peter telling them, be alert, watch out, watch out, pray, pray to God. Self-preservation. It's like, so just imagine the people receiving Peter's letter says, yes, yes, we got to watch out. We got to hide. We got to just pray day and night for God's protection that this too shall be passed. But lo and behold, they didn't know what was coming their way. You know why? Because this is what Peter said, above all. Above all. In other translation, it says, most important of it all means there are many instructions given if you read 1 Peter and 2 Peter, you would realize. Above everything else that I'm telling you, this is the most important thing that I want to share with you. Most important of all. And what Peter says next isn't surprising because of his encounter, because of his close encounter with Jesus Christ himself. And this is what he said. Above all, love each other deeply. Love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Love each other deeply. Isn't surprising, isn't it? Because of his encounter with Jesus Christ, how Jesus Christ loved him and loved his disciples deeply, earnestly. Why love? Because love is that thing that covers over a multitude of sin. Because you are not able to keep up. You are going to hurt. You are going to go wrong way. And love is the one that will always bring you back to God. Love is, the, love is always the thing that will reconcile among you. And then, not just loving each other deeply. It's interesting, isn't it? In the midst of, you know, in the... Times where it's about like self-preservation, keeping to yourself, thinking about how you can survive, thinking how you can make it through your family with your kids. Peter is telling, find ways 
to love each other. It's like, I thought, Peter, you were just saying like, watch out, pray. It's like the sense of it is like, stay at home, don't go out, don't think about anyone else, self-preserve, self-preserve. But here, Peter is saying, no, find ways to love each other deeply. And as if it was not enough, Peter went on being very more specific in that. And he says, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Now you must understand, right now in our situation when we read offer hospitality, it's like, all right, not a big deal. If you have a house, if you have extra room, or if you have a room that you can give up, that's not a problem, right? But you must understand the time, you know, that Peter encouraged the church to do this. Famine was going around. 5,000 daily. 5,000 on a daily basis. 5,000 people were dying. Disease, famine that's going around. And Peter is saying in the midst of that, in the midst of that, offer hospitality to one another and to the people, to strangers. And just wait for a while. In a few minutes time, I will show you what they really did. But that's what Paul said, give. Uh, Peter said, give to one another. Whatever you have, your house, your resources, give to one another. Offer it to one another without grumbling, without complaining, without grudge. And then finally, the third thing, he said, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Interesting, take note. Whatever gift you have received, and that means every one of us have received something from God. And this thing that you and I have received is not just for you. This thing that you received is for someone else through you. And that's why Peter, Peter understood that. And Peter said, you have received and therefore use it to serve one another. So Peter is basically saying, love, give, and serve one another in the midst of such times. And guess what? They did, as instructed by Peter. The early church people, they did as they were instructed by Peter. And as a result of that, something unimaginable happened. There are many accounts, but let me just show you one by the name of this a person called Bishop uh, Dionysus of Alexandria from the 3rd century. And this bishop who saw now remember, Peter wrote to the Christians spread around in about 64, 65, 80, around that time when Emperor Nero started to do the mass kind of persecution and then follow suit was persecution after persecution and then famine came, war came and so on, disease came and so on and so forth. So it went round to few centuries. And in the third century, this guy, Bishop Dionysius, he saw what happened 
and then he wrote an account of Christians, how they behaved during those times. So, this is what he said. Most of our brother Christians showed unbounded love and loyalty, never sparing themselves and thinking only of one another. There you go. Peter said, love each other deeply. And then centuries later, one, two centuries later, this guy came and testified among the Christians how they did, what they did. Most of our Christian brothers showed unbounded love. And then he went on and he said, heedless of danger. Heedless of danger, they took charge of the sick, attending to their every need and ministering to them in Christ. So you, you see, there were dangers. There were disease going around. But heedless of those dangers, they took charge. They, they took responsibility. They took it as if it was their duty to go out and help. To the point that even the Roman emperors were shameful. I wish I could show you, but again, you go and read it. It's there. But Roman empires, after, Roman, some of the Roman empires came up after they see how Christians, how Christians were behaving, what Christians were doing. And they were saying, you know, shame on us. That they have to be the one to take care of our people. So you see, these were the early Christians. Heedless of danger, they took charge of the sick. And as a result, you know what happened? It says, and with them departed this life serenely happy. In other words, they died. You know why? Because it says, for they were infected by others with the disease, drawing on themselves the sickness of their neighbors and cheerfully accepting their pains. This was what the early church did as a result of hearing the Apostle Peter telling them in the midst of this persecution, in the midst of such famine and war and pandemic, love each other deeply, give to one another, serve one another. And they did exactly that. You see, millions of people, as a result, were drawn to Christians. Listen to this. Millions of people were drawn to Christians at that time, not because of what they believed. Never. In fact, the opposite. The Romans were quite kind of like pissed off, in a sense, because of what they believed. So millions of people were not drawn to Christians because of what they believed, but they were drawn to Christians because of what they did based on what they believed. Millions at that time of people were drawn to the followers of Jesus at that time because of what they did out of what they believed in Jesus. Why? Well, because... At the time when everyone and anyone would do self-preservation, they, the early Christians, were doing self-sacrificing. In other words, instead of withdrawing, instead of withdrawing themselves from, from the life, from the social life that is going around, instead of drawing, withdrawing themselves, they were involving. 
And instead of surviving, just thinking about how to survive, they were thriving. They were thriving in loving, in giving, in serving one another. And you know why? How do we know that? Because of the simple fact that we saw as a result of Peter's encouragement. Because they gave, they served, and they loved. Because they gave, they served, and they loved. The early church, they left. The early church Christians, the early Christians, they left the people. They left the society. They left the world better. That's right. Better than before. Better than before. You can say they changed the world, and indeed they did, right? And they changed you, and they changed me. They are change makers. They gave, they served, they loved. Everyone and anyone in the very midst of war, famine, and persecution. So my brothers and sisters, my friends, these were the early Christians. These were the early Christians. This is the tradition of Christianity you have. This is the tradition of Christianity that I have, that we have. This is our Christian heritage. This is our identity. This is who we are. This is who we ought to be. This is what we are called to do. Peter's instruction and message to the Christians in the early church is the same message for us even today. The world we live in right now is no better than before in many ways. And especially right now, that we live in the midst of a pandemic. And this is the challenge. This is the encouragement to all of us from today's text. In the midst of such pandemic world, in the midst of where we are thinking, how can we survive? How can we get past through this pandemic? Give. Serve. And love. That's right. It's like, I thought we are to be self-preserving. Yes. We must be thinking about how to preserve ourselves. We must be thinking about how to survive our families. But if you are Jesus' followers, and I believe many of you are, we are called even for a greater thing. And that is to give, that is to serve, that is to love. So let us not just believe the right thing, but instead do the right thing that we believe as Jesus' followers. Again, I know some of you, how you are feeling. I thought, it's like, I thought today, you know, uh, still New Year, I thought you will hear some nice new concept. Huh? Give, serve, love. Since I was a Christian, I have been hearing that. That's the point. That's the point because are we giving? Are we serving? Are we loving? 
not the way that we think we should, but the way that Jesus wants us to do. Because, hey, we are Jesus followers. So, so let's give, let's serve, let's love. Why? Because that's who we are. If you are Jesus' follower, that's who you are. You have to know that. When there is a crisis, when there is a need, when there is a call for help, that's what we do. That's what we ought to do. We give. We serve. We love. Just the other day, I received a call from a brother telling me about another brother who was in trouble. Ask me, brother, can you follow up with him? And I immediately followed up. I reached out. That's what we do. That's who we are. We give. We serve. We love one another. And because of the early church, the early Christians, they did this. That's why the world today is changed. That's why you are here. That's why I am here. If not, do you think you should go and read the history? Really, really. Do you think without the early Christians doing what they believe, what they were called to do and to be, do you think they would have ever survived Roman Empire? Never. But the early Christians tumbled down the entire Roman Empire. Something that is unimaginable, never in the, in, in the list of dreaming even. But they did, and not with weapons, but with that instruction that is received from Jesus. That is to give. That is to serve. That is to love one another as we take care of ourselves. And because that's exactly what Jesus did on behalf of you and me, isn't it? When there was a crisis of sin in our human nature. When there was a need for a savior that can save us. When there was a desperate cry for help from the supernatural. Because, hey, look, look. Whether you believe in God or not, it doesn't matter. But so long as you are human being, don't you agree with me? There is something inside of you that actually believes in the supernatural. And many people have Explain away that in, in, in different ways. But that's who we are. We cry out for that help. We know that there must be, there must be something. There must be more to life than this. There must be more than what we usually can see with our naked eyes. And when there, was, when there was this crisis of sin, when there was a need for Savior, when there was this cry for the supernatural, a desperate cry for help, how did Jesus respond? Jesus responded by giving of himself, by serving, and by loving us to the point of death. That's right, to the point of death. A crucial, a, 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 a critical, a shameful, 
excruciating pain kind of death on the cross. And because of what Jesus did, that's who we are now. That's what we do. That's what we ought to do. And when we do, when we give, when we serve, when we love, when we do that, it leaves us, beginning from us. It leaves the people around us. It leaves the world better. Because let's be honest, irrespective of what you believe or you don't, it it doesn't have to be religious. But in the history of mankind, things change. Things became better when there is an individual or when there is a group of individuals that came up, that rose, and that went all the way to give, to serve, and to love. We live in a pandemic world today, a new norm with new challenges. So there's crisis, yes. There's a need out there, yes. There's a need even in our families, yes. There's a call for help. And so what an opportunity, isn't it? What an opportunity to be who we are and to do what we ought to do. To give, to serve, and to love. So that's my encouragement. That's my challenge for you today. To look forward for this year. To live out who we are. To live out our heritage. We give, we serve, and we love. Because that's who we are as Jesus followers. With that, I'd like to lead you for a time of response right now. Because It's not what you hear, but it's what you do with what you hear that will make a difference for your life. So may I invite you to close your eyes and bow your heads with me as I lead you in a time to respond to what we have just heard. What will you give? Maybe don't think about the whole year, but think about just this week. What will you give? Perhaps emotionally, financially, to someone that you know, or even to a stranger. What will you give this week? Perhaps even buy a meal for someone to cheer him up, to cheer her up. What will you give? Perhaps your time to call someone or to just text someone a word of encouragement for the week. What will you give? Perhaps a simpler, more simple thing could be just a smile or just greeting people. And what will you give is not just in your workplace or in your schools. But outside of that, 
it's good you treat your workplace or your school as a place where you can also serve, also give. That's fine. But even outside that, as you travel, as you go out, what will you give this week? What can you give? I'd like you to just trust God to just pick one thing that you can give of yourself to someone this week. Second, how will you serve this week? How will you serve someone? How will you serve others? Perhaps find a need and meet the need of someone. Serve people, perhaps, on the buses as you travel to work, as you travel on MRTs, or I don't know, when you are on the road. How will you serve others this week? As you would know, there are many people out there in the society. You can volunteer. And I'm really proud of some of us here how some of you really take your time out of your busy schedule to go and do voluntary work. Those people who needed help, you avail yourself, your time, your resources to help, to serve others. How will you serve others this week? How can you ready your hands, your feet, your face, your mouth how will you serve your family, your biological family, and even your spiritual family, our church? And finally, who will you love this week? Who will you love? This week, who needs your love? Perhaps someone that you find it difficult to love, <laughs> your colleague, your friend, your family members, your neighbors. Who will you love this week? Could be anyone, someone in your family, workplace, school friends. But come on, who will you love? Who can you show a bit of love this week? Just a small step. And I think it's a good start to start with a small thing. In terms of giving, in terms of serving, and in terms of loving. I'd like you to just... Pray for yourself, those of us who are here on site and those of you who are online. Whatever has come to your mind, in whatever forms and ways, would you commit yourself and commit those things that has come to your heart, to your mind,
Ed, you want to trust God. It's not what you hear, it's what you decide to do and you do it this week. That will make a difference in your life. That will make a difference in the lives of people that are around you. So would you join me to pray together? And for those of us who are on site, may I invite all of us right now to stand with me and to just commit yourself in prayer. Let's all rise and pray together. Pray for yourself. Pray for one another that we will be the ones that we are called to be and to do. So I'll give us a time to just offer your prayers and I shall close our time together. Let's pray together. Loving Father in heaven, we thank you for today. Thank you, Lord, for all my brothers and sisters, friends here on site and online. I pray for your blessing to be upon them and especially as they trust in you to take small steps, to be who we are and to do what we are called to do. As they trust in you on the little things that they hope and they, they want to give of themselves, to serve others, and to love one another. Holy Spirit, would you please come and empower each one of us this week so that we will see your power manifested in each one of us and be able to do that which we want to do because that's who we are. We are called. We are to serve, we are to give of ourselves, we are to love, just as Christ Jesus has loved us, has given of himself for us, and has served us. So Lord, right now, may your blessing pour upon each one of us, and may your power come and manifest in each one of us, so that this week we are able to carry out, to do, and as by doing so, that we will see transformation in our own lives and in the lives of people around us to the glory and honor of your name and for the good of everyone, the people around us. Thank you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated.